0: We're slovenly, slovenly, we're feeling-y, we're really kind of dumb.
1: We're Terry, Shaw, and Lissa, all here to have some fun. So guard your holes. Make um, holes to D. Sharr, D. Let's make some moves and talk with the cave trolls. down to one for the podcast, so I don't have to edit the whole time.
0: Yeah, no problem. I will try. I'll try to you know keep it contained. Me, <laughs> and my slurs.
1: Thank you, thank you. I really appreciate
2: that. <laughs> uh, That's all we want.
1: That's all we want, yeah. <laughs> uh hello and welcome to the Cave Trolls Podcast. My name is Terry Smith, your host with the least. With me today are the feminist fact checkers. I have Shardet. Hello. Oh God, I wish I didn't have Shardet. Oh, and I enthusiasm? also <laughs> no. it's,
0: yeah. it's- I am two cups of coffee down. I am feeling, what, do you want me to be louder? I need a
1: third <laughs> cup of coffee is what I think I need. I think that would really, that would send us over the edge. It'd be perfect. And I have Lissa. How are you doing, Lissa?
2: Hello.
1: <laughs> you two sound this the is same. That, that, uh, was
2: a, that was the same as what I did. She doesn't get. Yeah, that.
1: But like most Europeans, she just does it better, you know? It's just, it's why yeah. they, they cast better than Cumberbatch as Doctor Strange, you know?
2: It's, it's my natural charm.
1: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, <laughs> okay, sure. We I could have had an attacked. American can't as can't house, but instead we got Hugh Laurie. Well, yeah, you feel attacked right now because we're attacking you right now.
0: Oh, okay, just making sure. <laughs>
1: But hello and welcome. This is the podcast where we talk about D&D news and all the D&D stuff that you care about or don't. It's our podcast. We're going to talk about what we want. Um, And this week we don't have a lot of news, so what, what we were going to do is get to the thing that we've been trying to talk about for, this is the fifth episode. So for five weeks now, we've been trying to get to the topic of character creation, tropes, cliches, our favorite characters, and party makeup. And every single time, we just end up talking about an hour and a half about Chris Pine and Joe Manganiello. Yeah, that's
2: understandable.
0: It's the natural progression of any talk about (laughs) D&D.
1: Speaking of, you know, there is one little piece of news. Um, There has been a pretty big upset. Uh, Wizards of the Coast has been attempting to split off from Hasbro proper as well as a lot of like the management firms that kind of handle the go-betweens between Hasbro and Wizards of the Coast have been recommending that they do that because Hasbro's stock has been slipping a little bit and Wizards of the Coast has been a pretty consistent like money maker for the company as a whole and so what you do with that in big corporations speak is you split it off you let it do it's own thing and you just collect the money and Hasbro's like no we will not do that um and this week they said it in like more finite terms they're like no we're definitely not going to do that even though everybody advises them to do so so i have one question is do you two care (laughs) and also if you do care at all um would you like to see wizards of the coast split off from hasbro proper
0: i currently do not give a shit
1: but i probably
0: (laughs) But I feel like, you know, I like what Wizards of the Ghost has been doing, and I don't know how much of that has been overseen by Hasbro, Mm -hmm. So because I don't know what the relationship is, if they're basically completely independent except for on paper, or if... Hasbro has been kind of leading them in certain directions like mm-hmm. I, I mean big corporate overlords are usually the bad guys so that's probably not the case but <laughs> I don't I don't know too much about Hasbro as a company if they're good or bad or anything I mean they definitely don't have the reputation of blizzard so they have that going for them but like other than that I don't really know much about them.
1: Well, it's funny so. that you say Blizzard because their, their relationship is a lot like Activision and Blizzard where, sure, like they're the same company and one is higher up than the other, but they kind of just let Wizards do their own thing. However, that also means a lot of the bigger decisions don't go through Wizards. So like if they wanted to do something drastic like crossover IP, they don't really have a choice in that matter. That's partly why we saw Transformers and Power Rangers, to IP owned by... Hasbro still didn't get like D&D games. They got they went to a different company to make their own D&D game. And why it took so long to get a movie off the ground. Because that was re- kind of in Hasbro's wheelhouse rather than Wizards of the Coast. Um, so there's not as much synergy as there could be if you're going to keep them as one thing. So splitting them off I don't think would change much except for give them a little bit more freedom.
0: And usually that's... I would say for a company that has an IP like D&D that can only be a good thing cuz it's already it's a very creative property and it's been doing a lot of really great things but I would probably eat my words because people suck and something bad's going to happen and expect the worst. <laughs> that's
1: the thing. <laughs> the like, you, you, they split off and then you find out that it's like TSR2 and, like, everyone there is a Nazi oh, or something, God. you know? Like, that. that's what I fear. Like, when you have a big corporate overlord, at least you're beholden to a stakeholder that doesn't want an outrage, you know? So while that means you might not get the same kind of freedom, you also don't get the Nazi supplement, you know?
0: yeah you don't get the yeah i don't yeah i don't know i don't know too much about it so <laughs> I, guess I don't care unless they give me a reason to care that's
1: right. right i just I don't wish know like that
0: says, but that's my opinion. if
1: if they're going to stay with hasbro and if you're going to have this big big daddy corporation make it work for you. You get something like Disney and Disney has tons of problems. I'm mean, by no means saying Disney is perfect. But one of the cool things they do is they let people use those IPs. You get Star Wars references in Marvel. They put out cool Star Wars comic books, you know, in in concert with Marvel. Like they use the fact that they own all this shit in a fun way. And you get Hasbro who could make dope D&D toys. They could make a really cool Transformers D&D game like that's just it's it's D&D it's not some other game and they don't do that they don't really fuck around with it at all because Hasbro's like nah we'll just let them do their thing and we won't worry about it as long as they're not fucking up too bad um and that's where I'm like well then why even be the same entity at that point yeah but anyways that's the one bit of news I had let's jump into character creation char why are you so bad at making characters and um uh, why are your stats yeah, so bad? Yeah, sure.
0: <laughs> um, I don't know. I, I just suck, I
1: guess. <laughs> uh, but uh, anyways, listen, why are you so good at making characters, and why are your stats so great?
2: Because uh, I'm European.
1: Yep, that's what I thought. That's what I thought. Um, and Brexit, we can all agree, that's that's a good yep. thing.
2: Yep, totally. Okay, Definitely. all right,
1: cool. I'm just glad that we're all on the same page with all this character <laughs> stuff. Uh, <laughs> 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 um, but seriously, character creation, what's everyone's uh, go-to trope that they see at the table? You're like, you have never sat down at a table and gone, oh, looks like we don't have a rogue who likes to steal things from their own party. Uh, what's, the, what's the one that you see the most? The trope that we see, that mm-hmm.
0: I see the most? Um, everybody in my party having a tragic backstory.
1: <laughs> Oof, yeah.
0: Not not just the rogue. And I'm not saying it's a bad thing. I am also somebody with a tragic backstory. <laughs> so I'm not saying it's a bad thing. It's just the thing that I see the most. Because, yeah. like, I, think, I don't remember where I heard this quote from. I think it was probably somebody posted on Twitter, which was probably reposted from somewhere else, of just, like, Happy people don't become adventurers like, you run a day from a wife and kids. and like a happy farm life, like you got to have some trauma that's driving you. So I'm not saying it's a bad thing because I think it makes sense, but that's at least in my experience, every character, I think, in any game that I've played has had trauma yeah there's that <laughs> there's that saying the
1: interesting person on the train isn't the person with two married parents you know like that's not a yeah. that's not a thing that you see and uh i had a normal player at one of my tables once they were a uh, normal player that's not true a normal character normal. uh you know no tragic backstory no home trauma they were just they became an adult and went on a little adventure like rumspring a type thing um that character became very interesting but not gonna lie the most interesting thing about them was that they didn't have a tragic backstory at first. Um and they had to gain some to become a little bit more interesting. So that's something that's funny. Like it's a trope, but it's kind of a trope for a reason, right? That makes them a little bit more interesting because if if everything yeah. in your life's been normal, why are you here in this dungeon with us?
0: Exactly. Like what are you what are you running away from?
1: Go like, be an accountant. What...
0: Yeah, go be an accountant. Go be a farmer. <laughs> like run a run a town. Be a mayor. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> be a mayor.
1: I don't know what normal people do. Are normal people mayors? That seems like one of the most, like, you're probably, like, some fucked up, like, family drama, like, one step away from days of our lives if you're going to be a mayor.
0: Oh, God. I don't know. I don't know why I thought of mayor. To be honest, I was just thinking of like actual professions that people could be like have their D and D characters have, and farmer and mayor. But the first- <laughs> in <laughs> my uh,
1: in my hometown, which was actually a village, uh, we did mostly just have farmers and mayors. So much so that uh, our mayor was always an interim mayor. No one ever ran for it because it didn't pay much, and it was not like a you know it's not a fun job. So it was just the town council would all take turns. So we would have an interim mayor every uh every few weeks um and my buddy dave who's been on and off on on this podcast network every once in a while his dad bob edwards uh in the country hall of fame was my favorite interim mayor because he would just talk shit about the the village on his radio show um in between different country (laughs) hits and that was very entertaining to hear our dirty laundry aired on the on country radio stations so um, awesome. so I wouldn't say mayor is a normal job, but I love the idea as you someone who is in the arts. you're like normal job, you know, farmer or mayor.
0: yeah, exactly. Mm. exactly. Yeah.
2: that that's why, yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Lisa, you're normal. Are you a mayor?
2: I am not a mayor, no, and I do not ever strive to become one.
1: Not yet. That's something that's thrust upon you, from what I understand. Um, if you if you do not choose a life adv- of adventuring, they hand you I either mean, a hoe I mean, or a. I pen. mean, I'm
2: sure it looks. I'm sure it looks great on your CV, but I don't know about like fantasy world CVs. Like, is that a thing? Like, <laughs> it is now.
1: Oh my gosh! The next time we do so, like uh like an NPC type roundup where you need to go on this adventure, they need to turn in a resume. That's something I haven't seen very oh. often. Is a fantasy oh, resume. Oh my
0: god, I love that concept so much. <laughs> <laughs> just literally, oh my god, like no, like for a one shot or maybe just for like a small little arc in a campaign, be like, ask all your players, just be like, can you guys like write up like what you think a fantasy CV is, or like have an NPC like who wants to hire the party be like, can I see your credentials? and like have everybody write up a cv for their character
1: it says under it says under language is known you only know common we're actually looking for a candidate that might know abyssal um and it says you're not proficient with thieves tools that's going to be that's going to be a kind of a hard pass for us because that's someone we need someone who's a team player you know we need someone who uh can do smite if possible Mm -hmm. Um Ooh, and yeah. you're only level 3. We're going to need at least 5 levels of experience before you could join us on this mm-hmm. campaign.
2: Ooh, you're a ranger. Okay.
1: It's problematic. It's problematic for sure. Yikes. Um
2: So I yeah. so you're telling me I can be unemployed in um many different ways. <laughs> In reality and in fantasy.
1: You know, I pointed this out to a friend recently. As we're all people that kind of do, you know, the arts. We're not unemployed. We're just not gainfully employed. Like we're yeah. very employed. We're very busy. We have a lot of shit to do. Just no one pays us for it. Uh, just
0: let me. I'm just gonna leave and go cry in a corner for a second. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs>
2: A harsh
1: truth. I was at a it dinner party true. a couple of months ago, and uh, I got asked what I do, and I and one of my friends spoke up. They're wonderful people, and they showed an issue of my comic book, and they're like, "Oh no way, that's so cool!" So like, you're earning it, right? And I was like, "Oh oh no!" And they're like, "But a lot of a lot of copies sold," and I was like, "I mean, there's that one." Um, <laughs> <laughs> I think I bought a few myself. Uh, if you want, I have a few in my trunk. <laughs> And that would make, like, five or six. So, yeah, uh, going up, it's available on Comicsology right now.
0: (laughs) I recently had, like, a traumatic – I don't know if it's a traumatic experience, but, like, an eye-opening experience where, like, I logged into my old – because when I started writing, I was, like, in middle school. And then, like, most people our age, when you start writing, you start writing fan fiction. Of course. So I logged into my old fan fiction account and I saw how many people had read my stories on fanfiction.net, and I had a crisis because I'm like, I will never see this level of (laughs) ever (laughs) again. (laughs) (laughs) Like, there were, like, hundreds of thousands of people. Hundreds of thousands of people saw what I posted on fanfiction.net, and I will never – ever see that kind of success ever again
1: can i do the best and favorite pastime of all white straight men on the internet and give you some unsolicited advice uh you know post another iteration of your fanfic and then at the bottom link to your next thing that you're doing because i saw that a couple of weeks ago and it was genius
0: (laughs) oh my god that's hilarious or or i could just take my fanfiction change the names and resell it oh
1: my god twilight 2 please well technically (laughs) i guess okay
0: first off how dare you insinuate i wrote twilight fan fiction (laughs) no no
1: no no no. but that's what that's what that's what myers did it was her published fan fiction she changed the names and then and then you look at uh which, which was already fan fiction of vampire diaries and then you go one step further which you get um uh, uh Fifty Shades oh, of Grey, goodness. which was fan fiction yeah. of fan fiction of fan fiction, which I can shit on it all I want and be like, "Oh, that sucks. I don't like that." Man, like she made her money, so more power to She's her. She's
0: rolling in it. Yeah. yeah. More power to her.
1: Yeah, I, I, I'm not a fan, and I think it is uh, uh, gross. But like, man, make that money. Uh, <laughs> you can't you exactly. can't really knock an artist for making money even if you don't like the art, even if you think the art's crappy, man. My art is a lot of people think it's crappy. I'd love to make money off of it. Please buy my crappy art. Yeah,
0: Ma- buy Terry's crappy art. <laughs> make him
2: feel
1: better. That should be my new. That should be the name of the company right there. Is buy Terry's crappy, <laughs> art. <laughs> buy Terry's
2: crappy
1: art. Why was I fucking around <laughs> with all that stupid stupid Logan, stuff?
2: make make him feel better.
1: <laughs> Honestly, I just I, I wish I wish more people tried to make white men feel better. I think I would do do yeah, so much better at the newsstand.
2: Cuz so many white men are suffering. They
1: are. I from what they I know, understand, uh, I watched a. the Republican um, national convention or whatever the fuck they call it and they said white men were the real real struggle bus in our country. So, um, get yeah. on board.
0: Yeah, hit the nail right on the head on that one. Yeah, I I I, I feel so like suffered.
1: obligated to say that this was sarcasm, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> I am not suffered. My life is on easy mode. I'm unemployed, and I can still make a podcast during the day. So, um, just make sure you know that. <laughs>
0: We just preface that every time we're sarcastic. Be like, we are sarcastic if you cannot read the elongated syllables that we are
2: (laughs) (laughs) to you. I think it's less necessary
1: for you two, since you're pretty sincere most of the time. I've I've had people bring up the fact that uh they don't know when I'm being serious because I'm too sarcastic or I sound too sarcastic most of the time.
0: I mean, I never take you seriously.
1: I mean I'm
2: pretty sure I'm pretty sure one of our recent I'm pretty sure in one of our recent episodes, I just i um I recorded myself as a tester and then, like on the actual episode itself, or was it not on the episode? I can't remember anymore. i I just made a comment to Shorty. and I'm like, why does it always sound like I'm talking sarcastically? because, like my voice just somehow, when I listen to my own voice, I'm just like, I sound like I'm sarcastically talking a hundred percent of the time. We do have and a like
1: similar it. timbre and like vocal fry, Lissa. So I think that might be the problem. Is we do both sound like we're just shitting on everything we're saying as we say it.
2: Yeah, nothing, nothing is real here. It's it's all sarcasm.
1: Yeah, Shardy is the I, only I earnest like one. Yeah,
2: <laughs> exactly.
0: <laughs> that's that's what people call me, Shardy the Earnest.
1: Yeah, that, that that's what it was. Um, I don't think I can say most of the names that we call you. So we'll just move on. Um, no I me <laughs> it would look real bad for me. <laughs> it would look real bad um anyway so yeah that that's a trope that I see often is the the broken characters as they go through. Mm-hmm. do you ever see fixed characters like does anyone go through their full arc by the time you wrap up a campaign?
2: I try take one. <laughs> I try very hard. <laughs>
1: does it work. <laughs>
2: I I never create a character who doesn't have an issue that I can this is going to sound weird but play with.
1: Okay. Um
2: because I I play D&D like I play Sims. There's all they there has to be a plot to my character. <laughs> Regardless of what the bigger plot is in the campaign, I have to have a plot, a thing that I can play with, something that keeps me intrigued, something that I can poke and prod and it's my personal experiment. Um <laughs> and there has to be something for me to play with and it'll either be like it'll be something about their personality it'll be something about um their relationship to another person it'll be or it'll be multiple things but there has to be something that i can poke and prod and test and then it'll end up in various places depending on outside influences depending on uh, what I want to happen depending on uh, what I think they would you know do in a situation but yeah
1: Yeah, I I try to take all my characters on on that exact same journey. Like, I try to go, like, oh, here's my three-act structure, right? Here's where I go. But then I have players around the table where I've been like, hey, like, it seems like you were leaning towards this way. Like, what are you thinking? And they're like, oh, no, I'm not worried about that. (laughs) Like, I'm not not trying to work through, like, this is not an arc for me. I'm just this guy. Um, And that's also... Uh, fun, especially if they're just like, no, I want to stay broken. I'm not about changing, and like that's fair. That's fair. Not everybody on the adventure finds I their mean, bliss, right? It's
2: it's not it's not that they're broken and you try to fix them. It's just that they start a certain way and you poke and prod them until they end up some somehow different. It, it's I wouldn't say that you're trying to fix them necessarily because I have well, I mean, okay, i play I play currently um a a child druid uh, currently um and she's very innocent and she is not she thinks she is wise and she thinks <laughs> she is like old as hell, but she's thirteen and she has the emotional <laughs> capability of probably like a seven eight year old um so she is going to come to the. At some point, uh, reality is going to hit her, and she will not be able to be this innocent eight-year-old mentality, um, which I live for. And then she's going to hit the teenage years, which I also live for, and that's why I want to play that out. That's some Um, group-level
1: growth, and I'm here for it. I'm jealous that I missed that.
2: (laughs) So, like, it's not that, like, I'm fixing her. It's just the natural growth of the character.
1: How dare you point out my poor choice of words.
2: Like, yeah, you know, <laughs> if, you, if you begin the campaign as a kleptomaniac, it doesn't mean that at the end of the campaign you learn that kleptomania is bad and taking things from other people is bad. I don't know, like, maybe... You it, learn what to take from people. You Maybe you learn that um, you don't take... Things from your friends or your immediate like group members. Maybe that's the <laughs> thing you learn at the end of the campaign, and you play like three years in real life to learn that. I don't know. Like maybe if if you want to have that sort of like fixing of their personality, but maybe at the end you think that they should steal. They should become a thief, like a full time thief. You start off as something else, and then you, they decide that uh, kleptomania is the actually the only thing that they're good at, and then the like pursue that thing. So then they become like. Um, a rogue, and then they go full out into stealing things and, you know, like, embrace that part of them. So I would call that growth. That's not fixing the character necessarily, but I would call that, like, growth, and that's interesting. And
0: even, and even on top of that, too, I feel like whenever I play characters, I play them very reactionary. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they react to what other players do, they react to the plot, and they react to just everything going around. Like, I mean, at the beginning, I remember just creating like what I thought was a super solid backstory. And I wasn't going to ever um, like deviate from that. But then like session two that I played this character, I just decided, Oh, she's a vegetarian. She doesn't eat meat or, Oh, she, she does these other things or, Oh, maybe she likes dying her hair all the time for no particular reason, just because she likes it. She has a natural gray hair color. And, like, all of these little character, like, idioms and little things that, you know, the character does. And then you have growth. You can have growth moments. You don't have to have growth moments. But, like, keeping the character in a constant state of flux, I think, is part of one of the things that I personally enjoy the most about D&D. Is just, like, everything is always so up in the air. And you can just let yourself go and react to different things at the table or not if that's not your jam too that's okay
1: but that's that's, that's cool. something that i love around the table is i love when not just when people grow but like for me as as a as a gm and as a player my the thing that i'm trying to do with dnd is tell a good story so not just for myself but yeah. for the players and i love when people take their character on and growth because that's the best story right if you have somebody who doesn't change by the end of a film that's they're tertiary to the plot. That's a, that's a B movie action plot, which can still be fun, but is isn't necessarily a great story. Um, like even if you look at something like, uh, like John McClane in die hard, right? Like that's a pretty, just, this is an action movie. However, even John McClane by the end of the movie, calls his ex-wife and is like hey let's let's work this out let's figure this out he goes through that moment of change which just makes him that much more relatable which makes that story just that much better and i love when i see the people go actually hey like what if i talk to that character i said don't bring up um because i want i want to have that moment of growth um, and that's something I love around the game that I'm, I'm GMing right now with Charday, and you've brought to the table and everybody else has kind of taken um, note of it and kind of followed in suit is everyone going, hey, what if I changed a little bit? What if I grew as a character and I'm not just the thing I was at the start of the campaign? And sometimes I'll play at a table and we'll kind of tee up those moments and they're like, nah, I'm going to revert and make a weird choice that just seems random for fun. And that's cool for you and I'm glad it's fun, but that's something that does annoy me a little bit is when I'm like, oh, you're not going to try to do something different? You're just going to, okay, sure, (laughs) we can do that.
0: I mean, I think it's fine to, like, I think, you know, character progression is not a straight line or it's not even a curve. You can have regressions, but, and I I, I 100%, I 100% understand the love of chaos. I (laughs) respect the love of chaos. Um, But... There, there is, like, you're still in this, like, tight, not, like, super tight, but just, like, you're still in this square of, like, here are some things that could feasibly happen with this character or in this plot. Like, mm-hmm. you're not going to change your character so much that, you know, they're going to just pull out their dagger and stab somebody
1: that's what i mean that's like i see a lot of people like make character choices sometimes around my tables and i'm like did you think your character would do that or are you just like i don't know this seems random um, And that's where sometimes it pulls me out of it. Just so I'm like, oh, okay, I guess yeah. that's what we're doing. And that's, again, that's fair. It's your character. Do whatever the fuck you want with him. Uh, but for me, that creates just a less compelling story sometimes. So that's one of the tropes that I don't like is the person who's just like, I'm just random when I feel like being random. If that's always your character, like if you're playing the Mad Hatter at the table, awesome mm-hmm. but if you pick and choose the moments to inhabit your character and when not to that's i sometimes it's just a little bit frustrated as the gm who's trying to you know tell a yeah. good story at the table
0: plus like you i think as a gm too like from that angle of it um you always you're always feeding off of what you're you see your players having fun doing yes like you see your p- players having fun you have out of uh game conversations with them and they seem to really be liking like certain aspects of the story. So you put more aspects of this, that kind of stuff into the campaign. And then they just take it and they throw it away and they <laughs> do something that is so out of character that you're just like, well, I didn't plan for this because all these other discussions that we had. You wanted to do something else and it's your character. You could do what you want, but it's a little, yeah, no, it could get a little frustrating because you're just like, well, I don't know what to do. Do and we're just we're just gonna roll with it and see what happens and sometimes that can be great but other like you still have that moment of panic where you're just like well shit I was in <laughs> for all this other
1: stuff that's and like you
0: just did something else
1: it's a little bit vindicated I never lean into it because I don't I, I really try not to promote I'm like don't shit talk anyone's decisions that's their character but I and yeah. I just smile because sometimes people will come to me after a game and be like so like I was a little disappointed when so and so did this because that didn't really make sense for their character or what they set up and I'm like oh no. You know, I I didn't see it coming either, but uh we'll we'll see where it goes. But <laughs> in my head I'm just like, yeah, no, I fucking was annoyed. Well, well,
2: <laughs> well sometimes you can ask the player if like when we play as a group, usually because of the way that we play our there usually is like a story progression or a character progression of why they did such a thing. So Usually we can, as a group, like, afterwards, um, after the session, go to the player, or me as a player will ask that player, so why was it that your character did something? And then they can be like, well, you know, this situation rubbed them the wrong way, and uh, they were feeling really, you know, this way about this certain thing that happened, so... they just thought that, you know, this, and then there's like a an actual reason and like a sort of logic behind their character of why they did such a thing. Like it might not be that prevalent or like that noticeable to somebody else who's not, but there's a that logic character. behind but it, yeah. there like yeah. it seems like a random logic, but there is actually like a thought process that they thought that the character might go through. And then they came up to, okay, well, they're going to do this because of this certain thing.
1: And that's something that I've had to let yeah. go of as, as a GM. like, And it's made me a much better GM is just going like, okay, this is not my story. I'm not writing this. I don't get to decide what's yes. the best. And what I think is the best mm-hmm. is my opinion, right? And this game isn't just for me. You know, it's for everybody at the table. So even when they do the thing and I'm annoyed and some of the other players are annoyed – it's okay because that's the thing they wanted to do and they enjoyed it. And that's what matters yeah. to me most past the best story past it. Like as long as people are having fun and that decision didn't ruin the fun and maybe even amplified one of the players without the detriment fully at everyone else's expense, then I'm okay with it. But as a storyteller, I'm just like, man, like really? That's what you go for?
0: Yeah. And I think there's that kind of, there's always that kind of, Hug too, I think, when you have a background in storytelling. Like if you're a writer and you have to let go and let other people touch your stuff. Yeah. Like you've been working on this thing and they're touching your stuff and they're not handling it with care. They're just kind of smashing it. It's very difficult to get over that hump at first, especially if you're a new DM. It took me a while to do that Yeah, because I came from a pretty like long standing writing background and then I started DMing and then people started touching my stuff and then they started doing things that I didn't expect with my stuff. And I didn't know how to, I wasn't a reactionary DM yet. I hadn't learned that I hadn't picked up that tool and put it in my toolbox yet. I have it now, but I didn't at the beginning and it could be, it could be scary but if you let yeah if you lean into it you can create some pretty cool stuff if you just let go of some of that control but i think also another aspect is just being communicative with your players and having an open communication at the table so that even if like a character does make a logical decision and they can justify it and they can do this it should never ever ever be at the detriment to like other people's enjoyment of the game right you know, too like if you know that you're going to make a character decision that's going to screw a lot of things up and make other people not have a good time then maybe you should maybe you should rethink it because again it's also not just that one player's game it's everybody's it's everyone's game, story right remember. exactly and it's a shared like collaborative experience
1: and that's why like most of the times i'm annoyed about it It, like it's like it's just a story decision it's not a oh this is good this was offensive to somebody at the table i'm just like ah that's a bad story
0: (laughs) yeah no yeah it's usually that no it's never anything like usually offensive at all it's just like it goes against like oh no but but really, like you didn't go into like this kind of the part of the hero's journey. You went into like a completely other plot that doesn't make sense. It's like, no oh, you watch
1: NCIS. Yes, I get it. Uh, you
0: know, I- <laughs> <laughs> you're watching a little too many much black sails. Okay, I got it.
1: Right, right, and that's uh, you know what helped me get over that a lot was uh, that uh, that one-on-one D&D game I, I referenced last week, the one-page RPG reflections. Um, it's a collaborative storytelling game and it's a lot of trust in the other player because whatever they say happens, happens. It's canon to the story that you're telling and you got to roll with it. Because um, you set up a scene, then they set up a scene and so on and so forth. And I had this really cool story in my head of these two samurai fighting and where it was going to end. And it was and honestly, I, I've published the story since. I'm like, it's a really good story. But at the time that's not where it went with the other player they went with this really schlocky campy thing that happened and i and i was like really disappointed i was like really why'd you choose that they're like i don't know i thought it'd be fun um you know and i was mad and then i had to get over i'm like you know that's fucking fair like sure you wanted that person to have the evil maniacal laugh and poison somebody okay like (laughs) that's your turn you're allowed to do that yeah why am i I like expecting you to know and how to do this thing you're not me
2: i mean i feel like that's the nature of any anything based in improv though is it's a double edged sword so you can plan for things and they will not happen but also you're supposed to go yes and and then run with it and that's the beauty of it because you don't end up in the traditional you know for format of the story you end up with something that is ridiculous that is sort of long-winded maybe that doesn't follow an, an arc a progression and that's the job of the DM is to work with what they have and that it's hard yes but that's the nature of the game because you have the dice the dice don't always let you do things you have it's a collaborative story so you have multiple points of view multiple characters wanting to do different things multiple players wanting to do different things and you're all improv so it's going to end up in a weird, wacky, but hopefully fun situation.
1: Right. And I think I think that's yeah. a good place to to move on uh, from the ones that we, we've seen at the table that like are not necessarily negative, necessarily, but what are the tropes that you love, that you see, that you're like, okay, I'm so excited that we have a paladin who's lawful good and has a shield brandished by Bahamut, and they're here to tell us we shouldn't kill this peasant
0: i i don't know if it's fantasy tropes that's my favorite um because i'm the worst and i think linda knows where i'm gonna go with this i am a sucker the worst (laughs) i am a sucker i am a sucker for a good romance subplot i love it it is so tasty (laughs) to me (laughs) whether it's just it's two PCs, it's a PC and an NPC, it's two NPCs. I love it. I don't care. It's great. I think I didn't know you could do that in D&D until I started watching Critical Role. <laughs> and I said, like, "You can do that." And then I started playing in games and then I saw it naturally happen. Like, I didn't plan for it at all as a DM ever. But I just ended a campaign last week and two of my players had like happily ever afters with two of my npcs and i'm Aww. so happy for them like they deserve that you know like i'm so happy for them i can make that happen for them.
1: do you have a you know? specific type of romance subplot that's your favorite like is it like uh love triangles is it the just happily ever ever like star-crossed lovers
0: all of it all okay. of it terry
1: all of it, <laughs> all of like, it. Like, I, I wonder I've if it's seen... all of it <laughs>
0: I've seen enemies to lovers I've seen friends to lovers I've seen love Triangles as long as it's done well And everybody's having a good time and it's consensual Like it's just great I just think it adds just like a certain Like I think all Stories or all stories that I really Like have a little bit of Romance in them whether it's 100% or just like Or just love in it like whether it's Platonic whether it's familial Whether it's romantic Like it's the backbone of a, like some of the greatest stories of all time so like and also i'm just a sap i love <laughs> that
1: crap <laughs> i always look at like my favorite stories they they have a, a little bit of everything you live you laugh and you love um, <laughs> no, but like, I always go yeah. like Spielberg or Princess Bride. Like, in in both of those, you you get scared, you get excited, you laugh, and there's some romance in there. You get a little twinge of everything. Those are my favorite stories. Yeah. So if I can make all of those things happen or promote those things happening in my game, I try to go for it. And the fact that every like we have these like really dark moments, you know, juxtaposed to hilarious things happening, but there's also love stories happening around the table. I it, I just it it makes me so happy to sit at the table right and watch this organically go. I think they're actually falling in love. Like that's that's so cool to me.
0: That's so cool. And the fact that it's just it, it, it just happens I love it when it happens unexpectedly too like you yeah. don't even plan like plan for it like there are some things that like sometimes a player will come and like I think my uh, character is starting to fall for this character I'm like okay maybe I'll like lay it on a bit thicker I'll try to lean into this and see what happens but then when it's like completely out of left field and you didn't expect it but it makes sense that's the best <laughs> <Just> <laughs> Like, oh no I think yeah a hundred percent this makes sense let's go with this Yes, and
1: <laughs> what about you, Lissa? What What are some of your favorite tropes that you see?
2: Um, I don't know if I have favorite tropes. I I like to see. I don't mind tropes necessarily, but I l- love. I want to see them being done. I don't know, like well, not no, it's not not a burden. Yeah, I want I want tropes to be more subverted, like or if you're doing or if you're doing a trope, like I want there's something to be new about it. I want to experience this in a, in a new way. So, like for my example, I guess I would say is I, I made a half a barbarian. That that's just a trope in itself, in and of itself. But she has anxiety. And so she's not, like, the trope of a half-orc barbarian because she's an emotional wuss <laughs> and can't deal with her emotions and constantly is having a crisis in her head at all times. It's just canon. So, <laughs> like, if you're going to do a trope, I want there to be, like, a a sprinkle of something else on top so that it's not all just about, oh, I made a half-orc barbarian and whack
1: Exactly. And you can you can kind of subvert those in fun ways and still lean into the trope. Like uh the barbarian yeah. that just yells a lot, right? Like it's just in character like Grog from from uh um from Vox Machina, right? You have, it's very much the tropey um, barbarian, but one of my favorite characters is the tropey barbarian who pretends he's a rogue. Um, you know, it's off that Reddit post where it like, I, you know, you did not see Grog uh, and you roll an intimidation check for your, instead of your stealth because you scare anybody yeah. who would report you. Like and you're leaning into the trope, but you're doing something fun with it. That's, that's yeah. always what you want to see if they're going to be tropey at the table. Right. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, yeah. I, I, something
2: new with the trope like lean into it, but do something different with it.
1: so properly. what are the tropes that that you do specifically like what's the one like what's your go- to even if it's not a trope like what's your go- to like if like what's the thing that your friends accuse you of like you always make this character
2: for myself, I'm not sure I know the answer to I know the answer for ha! <laughs>
0: I know the answer for the
1: shade. The shade <laughs> has been thrown.
0: Listen, I know, I know, Lisa's So like, it's fair. It's an even perfect. All right, Lissa's so we'll switch. Is... So
1: so, Liss, uh, you you tell me, Shardae and Shardae You tell me, Lissa's.
0: Lissa is the um, just stereotypical, but obviously subverted. But like. Um, I'm not. I think her most recent character is the first time that she's ever diverged from this, and I think it's because she realized that she was maybe subconsciously doing this. But she had her half orc barbarian and her um, tiefling monk were very. I don't want to say stereotypical, but they were like strong female character energy. Like they. Didn't need no man. Strong, independent women, which was fantastic, and I loved that. But they were also very emotionally unavailable.
1: <laughs> Do you think it could be like somebody who grew up with Laura Croft as their main yeah, go-to exactly. fictional character? Yeah, No, I
0: was just I was just listening to that episode and <laughs> I heard all about it. Yeah, her Laura Croft uh, phase. I thought she is. It's almost, still in. I don't know. If it's still it in.
1: in. I think it's still yeah, happening, still in. right? Yeah, she's
0: but playing the game,
2: yeah. Yeah, I'm still
1: am. Uh, they okay. just announced a new uh <laughs> Tomb Raider, just so you know.
2: Oh yeah, I did read about that.
1: Uh, anyways.
2: <laughs> I also, just as a, I mean that is all true. I, oh okay, I was like, go ahead, <laughs> defend like, also, yourself. That's fine. Also, also I'll like, as, a, as, as a, like I think my. Specifically for me, I think my characters go around my mental health and what I need at that time. Gotcha. And when I when I made those two characters, like I felt like I was in a situation where I I wanted to. I mean, I was very emotionally unavailable. I know this at this time. I'm working <laughs> on it. Um, <laughs> and I I just needed I needed this like female empowerment this female energy this i was in a place where i just need i needed to play that out for myself just in a mental situation and then when we got to covid and i made this druid i'm like i just i just want to have fun (laughs) so i'm just gonna play with you know this chaotic druid child who Mm -hmm. i find so interesting so Mm -hmm. for me it comes from a place of mental health i
1: guess that's good though. Like I I like that. If you have to be accused of something around the table, it's taking care of yourself. I think that that's fair. <laughs> right? <laughs>
2: Yeah, because we play, like, every week, so you have to have a character that you're going to want to, like, play every week. Yeah, you want to do and be an experience, so it has to be something along those lines.
1: Yeah, I kind of get annoyed Um, when people, because people accuse me of it, too, but at at a table when they're like, oh, you always play that character, I'm like, well, yeah, it's fun. Like, uh, unless you want to be that exact same character and I'll hand off the reins, like, I like being the half-elf rogue because it's fun for me. Um yeah. and I want to enjoy being at the table. Um, Char, what about you? Or should I ask Lissa? I think that's only fair, right? You should ask Lissa.
2: You should ask Lissa. Yeah. Uh, she is always an elf. Uh, okay. For <laughs> obvious obvious reasons. Well, I've not always. One but... Elf. I've played
0: one elf,
2: in... half elf. Yeah. Yeah. She's played one elf and half elf, and she played a human revenant. So. Does the human to do have something. conspicuously
1: pointy she, ears? Yeah,
2: so she she no. wants to do. She always does something that's like there's a surprise at the end, um, or at the beginning rather. But you don't know it, but it is there, and then there's a big reveal, and because she's dramatic. <laughs> um, well, she does not. She does not like magic. or no, she does not like melee people. Um, this has been. She's played a fighter now, and she is.
1: As a real life a person, user. I don't like melee people either.
2: Uh, so it's always a, some sort of a magic user. Uh, and I don't know. Like, I haven't. She's like. She DMs in one game, so I've only really played with her in one other game full on. Mm-hmm. But. Mm, yeah, I think that's pretty much all I can say about that. Because <laughs> I haven't really played in like. As a player, would Right. And. Yeah.
1: Shard, would you say that's accurate?
0: I've played one half elf. <laughs> 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 and we are not counting Terry's campaign where I play at a ladder and that doesn't count. It totally counts. That it's called counts. Elf Party. I know know what you do there. You listen, about we all agreed ahead of time for Terry's... Ca- I, it was yeah. not my idea to do a full elf party. That was not my idea. It was idea.
1: partially your it idea. It definitely wasn't though. mine. I said, hey so? guys, listen, I got a serious Lord of the Rings type story, and you all said, what if it was Clueless, though? Like, what if it was Mean Girls what instead?
2: I have more. I have more. She will always have a a romance, um, because she's a hoe in game. Oh, okay, okay. And, yeah, there will always be a romance, and there will always be, like, major sex romance themes, vibes, (laughs) flirting, um, all of that, all that good thing.
1: I feel like I just broke up the slovenly trolls, like, on air. <laughs> the shade has been thrown. I'm uh, just
0: being dramatic because it's true. Because it's true. It's 100% accurate. She, she can't deny it. She can't <laughs> Tara, you've DM'd me for what six months now. You could probably corroborate most of it.
1: It's ways. all accurate. I have no, I listen. I have no dissenting opinions. As the host, I have to go. Oh, Char, is this correct? But as your friend and fellow player, I'm like, oh yeah, that's 100% Shar. Um, because <laughs> even when I think back to when I DM'd you a long, long time ago in a game, that's exactly what you played too. So that's just the way the cookie crumbles. Yeah. <laughs> And that I'm was over a decade ago.
0: I'm not denying any of this. Well, <laughs> I, uh, I don't
1: have anybody to throw shade at me, so I'll just throw shade at myself. I like to play half-elf rogues, and they they have a tr- traumatic backstory, and they're loners who just want friends. So they they don't steal from the party, but they don't tell them that they're not going to steal from the party. And then eventually they're like, oh, I think that this guy actually likes us. And I go, yeah, we've, the real friends were the friends you made along the way. Um and, um and I only pickpocket from bad people. And the other thing I do <laughs> is that I just really want to play like a martial class like that. Because while well, I don't want to cast the magic, I want to get all the magic items and collect them all mm. like Pokemon. Because then I can have my cake and eat it too. I can have a really high dex and take over the world slowly through magic like Dragon Eyes and things like that.
0: Yeah. Love to see it exactly, Valid.
1: yeah. <laughs> and that's every character. Right? If if I have to pick, it's a half elf rogue. Um, I pick other things so other people can be the rogue because everyone wants to be the rogue. Um, but are fun. yeah, they just are. They're just they're so cool, and you can be charismatic and you can have a high persuasion and then say the witty thing because even if you're witty in real life, which I'm gonna toot my own horn i'm going to say i'm a little witty if you play the, the low charisma character and you say something witty you then have to roll for it and
0: 100 oh, <laughs> and also like i usually play very high charisma characters just oh yeah that's I another can't. thing mm-hmm. i can't. <laughs> otherwise you, you just your this.
1: one-liners fall on deaf ears what's the point
0: exactly like nobody takes me seriously so i have to make up for the fact that i'm not charismatic in real life and i have to play high charisma characters exactly. so that when i roll i roll a 30 if we if people believed
1: us when we talked we wouldn't have to make jokes
0: exactly see you get it
1: uh, anyways <laughs> let's uh end, end the therapy session there um, so we talked about the tropes we like, the ones we don't like, and, uh, of course, we got the full Michael Scott answer from Lissa, as always, covering all the context, because God forbid um, somebody <laughs> misinterpreted what we said, um, and I always appreciate that from you. <laughs> I always put that down in my notes as if Lissa goes on a full rant saying a full, earnest, real answer um, to a dumb question that I ask, and it, I I got bingo for this episode, just so you know. <laughs> um, Make a drinking game of it. <laughs> exactly. So let's move on to what we've been watching, playing, doing. What's the BS you've been up to, Lisa?
2: What bullshit have I been up to?
1: All oh, bullshit. <laughs> I know I it's have... been bullshit. You got caught in the rain <laughs> earlier today.
2: Yeah, I got caught in the rain. I was all wet and not in the fun way. <laughs>
1: um... <laughs> <laughs> oh. I love that it. it takes the pressure off me. Like, I, I worry a lot. I'm like, I'm going to say something off-color, and I'm going to offend people. And I'm like, nope, this is going to do it for me. And I just, I, I, that's what I appreciate about you. You're
2: welcome. This is a service I provide. <laughs> um, what am I doing? I'm playing Sims again because I found The Sims again. Of course. Uh, I am still playing Tomb Raider because I can't get past that one point. Um, uh, just, I've tried four or five times. I just cannot get past that one point where they – it's a cut scene. Uh, you just finish uh, going, like, there's a bunch of, like, houses on both sides, and you have a um, rocket launcher now, I think. No, it no, it's uh, uh, a
1: grenade launcher. It
2: shoots grenades, yeah. Nice. It's a grenade launcher. Um, and you get past, like, a bunch of bad guys who are... Because they're trying to get off this island. Uh, and you get to this cutscene where they turn on the lights and you're like a deer in the headlights. And then they start shooting at you. And you immediately die because it's you're standing in the middle. You have no idea what's happening. And then they turn on the lights and then they start shooting at you and you're, like, in the middle of nowhere and there's nothing to cover yourself with. Um...
1: We did a I whole podcast on that part of the game, so just so you know. If you want to go did. listen to "Right in the Fields," because uh. that's that's my least part, favorite part of the game. Because up until then, it's this really cool survival story, and she doesn't want to kill I anybody, know. and then you finally kills somebody in this huge traumatic moment, and then they hand you a grenade launcher.
2: <laughs> and then they hand you a grenade launcher, and then you're like, then they're like, "Go, go on with this." And then it's just like it just there's no save point between doing the first part, which I struggled to get through and then the second part where you're just immediately killed because there's no cover that you can run to immediately, and they just turn on the lights and shoot you.
1: Is and that like, uh, Into the I... Fire? Oh. Is that the level Into the Fire?
2: I can't remember what it's called. I'm, I'm looking, just, I have the, the walkthrough, I have
1: the limited edition Tomb Raider walkthrough hardcover right here. Um, uh, if I turn to page 145, um, enemies and prey you have the solari riflers and the sappers so um you have to watch out for those you have to find sam is that the correct mission that you're on
2: yeah so i found her i saw her did i find her yeah i saw her being dragged off and now i need to rescue her and you gotta survive
1: the ambush is what they call this section so Lara takes down dimitri um, spoilers, mm-hmm. who is holding her gear and you are again able to select any weapon. After the chaos, this is what they put there, chaos, yeah. Lara is again separated from Sam as Solari guards attack her in the throne room. Yeah. I, I, I've i never had a reason to open this book before. I don't know why I own it. I just looked at my bookshelf and I was like, oh, I can help you out here. Let me walk you through this. Oh, yeah <laughs>
0: <laughs> you don't even go to the wiki or anything No, it's, no, I just got you I'll send you the pictures
1: bookshelf. I'll mail it to you I don't know why I own this It's like limited edition Like It's it's brand new, hardcover I don't think I've ever oh even beat God. that game If I, Well, that's not true I think I did beat it once But I didn't have this guide at the time That That's when you know you have too many books If you like, put it on the shelf I'm like, I don't know This has never been read before Um.
2: What. Well, you- Yeah, so I'm I'm stuck. I'm still stuck on that. Um, (laughs) We played Terraria with uh, Charday and one of my other friends. Um, Can you say that again? That's been. We played Terraria with Charday and one of my.
1: Terraria. Okay. Okay. That's that's a way to pronounce it.
2: Newest. Terraria.
1: I don't. I don't. Honestly, don't know how to pronounce it. Terraria might be completely correct. I just thought it was funny (laughs) sounding.
2: I mean, I've been playing that. (laughs) I'm Um, sorry. Nothing new else. Nothing else new.
1: That's fair. I'm glad that you're still playing Tomb Raider. I hope you can get through it, and then the next one, and then the next one, so you can be excited for the new one they just announced. I don't know if it's part of the same series or not, but either way. I hope so. Uh, So. We'll see. I didn't read that IGN article. I was too busy playing in this podcast. Um, Mm. Shardé, what's the BS you've been up to? Do you also Um, want to borrow my copy of the Tomb Raider walkthrough? Mm.
0: Could not care less.
1: Because uh- <laughs> on the next page, on page one forty-seven, you have to escape the inferno and fight your way out of the temple. Um, there's a pistol around the corner if you need new ammunition, and uh, you have to worry that's about it. the Solari guards that carry the riot shield. Um, so that's, no that may that might be difficult. Oh, those
2: are so annoying. They're so, oh. d-
1: and you're in you're in a hallway, so you can't really flank them, which is part of the issue. Yeah. And that's, I, that's where I think the grenade launcher listen, comes into play.
0: Listen, listen. Can you bang
1: anybody in Tomb Raider? No, not there's not a lot no. of banging in it. They of not course interested.
2: they Unless have to dangle
1: bang
2: bang, bang with a gun. That's the you can
1: bang, bang you it. can you bang bang with more than just gun. You got we mentioned the grenade launcher, but when it comes to the banging, there's just the very tropey. There's a girl alone on an island, so we dangle the possibility of SA in front of you way too much. Um, right. Yeah, but other than that, no banging. So,
0: not interested.
1: Yeah. There's some problems with that Tomb Raider
0: game. (laughs) Uh, that sounds like it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh,
1: the next chapter, Uh, though, Lissa, you get the fast way down, which is really fun. Yeah. Anyway, Shar, what else would you like to know about Tomb Raider?
0: Literally nothing.
1: I apologize. (laughs) What's your What's your BS? I'll put the book away.
0: Well, Lissa stole some of mine. Like I've also been on a Sims kick, so nothing new there. Um I've also I played that Terraria, Terraria, however you pronounce it game with her, nothing new there. I think it's uh, uh T
1: R R Martin, I think is actually how you're supposed to say it. Uh, oh
0: yeah. Yeah. I missed I missed the little um periods there. Of yeah. course. Uh I have, ever since we did the Right in the fields episode for How I Met Your Mother, I've just been keeping it on the background, so I've been re-watching How I Met Your Mother.
1: <laughs> the um, episode where we didn't realize I... that we watched is the it... finale, you mean?
0: Isn't it worth it, though.
1: How I Met Your Mother? Well, that's pretty fun.
0: Yeah. Like, rewatching. It's... Well, I think rewatching it is kind of... It gave me an appreciation for the earlier seasons, and then I can kind of pinpoint where it started to go downhill, because I don't think I could have at the time when I first watched it all the way through because I was experiencing it for the first time. And How I Met Your Mother has never been a show that I've like rewatched a whole heck of a lot. Mm, It's just like when I used to have cable, I would watch reruns. But now that it's all, everything I have is streaming, I don't really binge watch anything in the background anymore unless I just don't, I don't know, unless I'm just in a mood for it. So apparently I was in a mood for it. And I'm now on season eight. Oh, God. I think I just started season eight. And I'm going to stop after the season eight finale because I refuse to watch the entirety of season nine. <laughs> <laughs> no I can't put myself through that again. No. The, the no, one saving that. grace Ignorant is
1: uh, is okay. the character that Marshall rides in the Hummer with and her yelling drill, baby, drill. It's not that funny when she does that. <laughs> but when her kid does it in front of her school, that always makes me laugh. And that's the one part I'll tune in for in season nine. Um,
0: not not worth rewatching <laughs> the entire ninth season.
1: Uh, not really. There's also that Lin Manuel Miranda episode for no reason, so that's a thing. Uh, yeah. <laughs> weird. weird, Like at the time, I'm like, who the fuck is Lin Manuel Miranda? <laughs>
0: Nobody knew who he was at the time because it was like it was right before Hamilton premiered. I think.
1: I might be even before that. It was right around when he did the performance with Barack Obama. It was 2014-2015 uh,
0: is when the last season premiered. Oh,
1: okay. So maybe a little bit later than that. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So was I, it don't, 2014? I don't know specifically.
1: Maybe. I don't no. It, 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 no. It was It aired when I was late.
0: in undergrad. How I, I Met Your
1: Mother undergrad. finale air date.
0: Season nine. 2014-2015, right?
1: Let's see. Let's see. Let's see what Google tells us. 2014, March 31st ah right so. in there so a lot later than I yeah. thought but still like I don't I don't remember hearing about it I Hamilton remember cause I right remember there, watching
0: but... the finale in my townhouse in undergrad like in my room like the one hour finale and then having very visceral feelings
1: Hamilton yeah. premiered like <laughs> a year later mm-hmm. August 2015 mm-hmm. so it was it was a year before he really blew up so like yeah like right before so, again, it, unless you're, like, a big theater nerd, which I did know some theater nerds that were like, oh, In the Heights, you know, like, that's that guy, and I'm like, I don't know what In the Heights is.
0: I don't know what you're talking about, <laughs> yeah.
1: Uh, now I know what In the Heights is. Um, yeah, <laughs> now it's on HBO. Yeah, but How I Met Your Mother, like, that's a that's a good rewatch. I know it, it end by end. I, I've fallen asleep to it over the years. I, I, it's comfort food for me, like, just, like, Friends or Seinfeld. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I think Friends is probably my ultimate comfort show, because I just, I I watched so much of the reruns when I was younger, so that, I don't even think I've ever watched it all the way through on streaming before. It's always, I've just caught reruns of it, so maybe I, I, I need to, maybe that'll be the next thing I binge watch in the background when I'm doing other stuff. Friends? But... Yeah,
1: friends. You're going to be a little disappointed because if you watched it either on DVD or on some syndication, um, they cut out uh, – it's a different run of it that they have not streaming. What? So you'd see extended episodes what? if you had the DVDs. Um, uh, I do
0: have the DVDs, or yeah, I used to. I don't know it's,
1: it's actually – they're shorter episodes, and you'll find that there's a lot of jokes cut out of them towards the end of the episode what? often. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's this something that's come up a lot. What? Yeah. It's, so, it's like, my if you grew up, yeah, if you grew up with the DVDs, like the full season DVDs, those big box sets, and then you watch the streaming version of Friends on HBO Max, you're gonna be a little disappointed.
2: What the hell? So you're telling me when I did the whole binge of watching, see all the way from season one till the end, I missed?
1: Yeah. There's that gonna that be is? jokes that I'll, that I'll reference. And you'll be like, I don't know what that's from, because you've just never seen that version of the episode. I
0: definitely need to do a version uh, on because I only watch syndication and DVDs. I don't think I've ever watched Friends on a streaming service before.
1: Yeah, it's just a little disappointing, because there's some iconic moments just because the DVD renaissance of, of Friends was such a big well, why deal. Why did
0: they do it? It's, why it's did similar they do? with
1: it's The spending...
0: Office. What? W- why did they do it? Streaming doesn't have any commercial breaks. Like, I think why it's why the it's the it?
1: versions that were the highest quality um, when it came to uh, what they put up oh, and what was easiest that? to to transmit. Basically, that's why you see a lot of those weird cuts pop up. Um, Talbega knights for instance is a really funny movie it's got a lot of really funny commentary tracks that are lost to the winds because it was made for like a blu-ray release or the original dvd not the uncut one just the original dvd release that never saw the light of day again because they came out with an uncut version and they came out with a blu-ray version so you'll have all these commentary tracks that if you know you know basically because you had the original dvd there's just a lot of weird things like that that you're gonna see a lot more of uh come soon because vhs tapes are starting to die so unless that they're heavily um archived by fans and or the library of congress which only adds like 28 films a year um you're gonna lose these versions of a lot of the stuff that we grew up with because we put it all on tapes and tapes are failing uh
0: well, what a great. What a sorry,
1: great sorry to, to <laughs> put that rain cloud over you with my weird esoteric uh, media archival knowledge. I have a lot of librarian friends. Shout out to to Nicole if you're listening. Um, <laughs> and they just they explain they explain to me all of this esoteric knowledge of Maybe. of archival.
0: I feel like I saw something on YouTube where somebody was bitching about the fact that they re-released Buffy in HD. Oh yeah, that's
1: a that's a rough one on HD, man. Uh, have you yeah, watched it in HD? Like-
0: I haven't but I watched like a side by side comparison video. So yeah, like you've like seen like it. The way it was I, yeah. originally released and the way that they did the HD stuff and I well, pretty I have all the Buffy DVDs. I think it's all original release like, Yeah. Yeah, yeah the,
1: most of the DVDs are. I have the, I have both the DVD box set and the Blu-ray box set. And man, you you don't see anybody with boom mics in the DVD box.
0: <laughs> right. Yeah. Like they they just widen the shot and they don't bother to like just take out boom mics and take out set pieces that shouldn't be there and like emotional like some of the even from like an artistic standpoint like some of the emotional like close-up moments of somebody's face or just it's ruined by seeing like somebody's shoulder in the like just off screen you know what it's got me so, past it was um
1: scene. like the show was. joss whedon is a piece of shit we can all agree on that right um mm-hmm. but the show is to, such a quality and the acting is so good um that i get brought into it kind of like a theater experience um where like i kind of start to ignore the stuff around the edges because i'm i'm enthralled at, at what's happening on the stage um so i was able to get through it but when i first saw it it was jarring because you do you just straight up see like makeup people on the side and you see a boom mic operator or the lights lighting the the um the scene and it's really weird it's like the opposite problem that simpsons had when they put it on disney plus finally um, cause they zoomed in to make it fit the aspect ratio. And so it cut out a lot of the jokes that are on the side. Cause Simpsons filled with tons of in jokes and like on yeah. signs and shit. And you just, you missed all of it cause they just zoomed in to make it fit yeah there's a lot of weird shit like that that it's frustrating but it's just the reality of the times uh the fact that we have a lot of the stuff is still cool like when you look at a lot of classic shows that just don't exist anymore because they weren't saved like they were on a tape somewhere and it got sold to another company and that company didn't give a shit so they threw it out um so just be lucky that you can watch some of your favorite things um a show that i grew up with as a kid it was uh dan Aykroyd. it was a uh show called Soul Man. Dan Aykroyd played a priest and it was all of like the shenanigans he gets into. And it only aired for two seasons. It was not a popular show. People didn't really give a fuck about it. But it was never saved. Um, they burned the tapes. So you can't find a copy of that show. Again? Yeah. Yeah, that's a really common thing. You get rid of the tapes because you don't want somebody to pirate it, and you don't want the storage, and you don't think you're ever going to do anything with it again, and it's not worth any money because nobody watched it. Um, Drew Carey Show is a similar thing. You'll never see the Drew Carey Show streaming anywhere, and it's so good. It's fucking hilarious, but you won't find it anywhere other than like weird YouTube rips of people who recorded it on VHS because it wasn't saved.
0: But d- d- it doesn't have any like box sets or anything.
1: No, I think there's weird compilations. I have a couple of weird compilations, where it's like Volume One of the best episodes of the Drew Carey Show, you know, and you have like six episodes on it that aren't in order. Oh. Um wow! I, I haven't I think... thought
0: about the Drew Carey Show in years.
1: I know and it's so good. Um, I think you can find like collections of it on YouTube or or more illicit places on the internet that I won't promote I here. Later. Yeah, right? Yeah, right. Like let's uh, let's find it somewhere because I love the Drew Carey Show. Um, but anyways, yeah, it's, it's sad that you lose a lot of those, those shows from when we were kids and there's, there's literally nothing you can do about it. There's nothing. You can't go fix it. Yeah. Like,
0: yeah, what can you do? You
1: can't petition them because they don't exist. You can't say, oh, please put it on DVD. you're like, we would if we could, I guess. But... Oh man, I just—why am I the rain cloud today? Uh, I am—I am so sorry. Um, my BS, it's raining on you know, our that my BS is apparently ruining people's days. Uh, mm-hmm. I've been working on some Gundam models in my spare time because I'm a weirdo and writing a lot. Uh, when it comes to what I've been watching, um, I finished Vox Machina season one finally. Yes. I uh, dug that a lot. My wife has found her new favorite show. That's the thing that she really, really loves. We, it's not without its Yay. issues. We have some critiques, but she really dug it. Um, I don't think she's going to check out Critical Role. I did recommend it, but I think she just really liked like the animation aspect of it. So. Oh,
0: I mean, that's totally fair. I right. Mean, it's a, it's a, it is a time commitment to watch that. Four
1: shows. hours an episode minimum so there's that um i've been playing a lot of digimon cards (laughs) if anyone likes digimon or digital monsters the digimon card game is a lot of fun and i highly recommend it uh the new set is coming out soon new awakening you can buy a box of cards for about 70 dollars on amazon or a new starter deck for 10 jump in with your friends it's a good time uh i'm Scheduled to go see everything everywhere all at once. Uh this week I have a a special showing, so I'm gonna go watch that. Um and I'm rewatching all of Breaking Bad and Better Call Saul to get redder- ready for season six if anyone gives a fuck about AMC. Do I? What's that?
2: I'm thinking if I do give a fuck about because I stopped watching the Breaking Bad show um, on the final season because I got pissed off at Walter White for being an asshole. I mean, he but is I, an asshole, I,
1: right? Like that's the point I, of his character. I get, eventually,
2: I get that the whole point of the show is for him to turn from become or start from a teacher and turn into an asshole. But um, he became too much of an asshole, and then in the final season, I just stopped watching.
1: And that's fair. Like that's that's something that people have told me. Like, because it's not. I, I see a lot of criticisms of people who don't like the show, and they're like, oh, you just don't get it. That is the point of the character. That's totally valid, but that doesn't mean people enjoy it, right? It's tough to watch a character that's just making poor decisions or mean decisions. Because while um, he is our protagonist of the show, he's not a good guy. And that's hard to watch sometimes, right? Yeah, yeah. It's the same yeah. thing as when you watch something um like Mad Men. Mad Men's a tough show for some people to watch because you don't it's not entertaining to see someone be mean. And that's a lot yeah, of what that yeah. show is. That's why like, my wife always like I I always recommend Mad Men. She's like I can't just it's just a bunch of shitty people being shitty at this time period and I can't do it.
2: Yeah. I mean Mad Men I got through because it It's about the advertising industry, and then me as a somewhat graphic designer, that was sort of really interesting for me to see. Did you hate how
1: they treated the graphic designers in that show, which is, like, shit?
2: And they did everything by hand. Oh, yeah. What?
1: Yeah, the the new marquee painting every week for a meeting. Like, okay. (laughs)
2: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Meanwhile, you're over there. I see you doing double duty. You had Adobe open because you're like, "Well, I guess I gotta make new shit right now. I don't, I don't have time, so I gotta do it while we're podcasting." Like, and that's your reality of your job. <laughs> yeah, I saw it. I see you. I see the hard work you put in, listen Don't worry. I can't pay you anything, but I want you to know I see it happening, and I say thank you.
2: Well, thank you for the thank you. <laughs>
1: uh i'm also nosy I gotta, I gotta see what everyone's up to right while i'm talking i'm like that's when that's when you see opened up steam or whatever <laughs> uh but yeah so that, that's the stuff that i'm doing right now um everybody hyped for morbius we're gonna go see morbius midnight showing hey right
2: Ooh.
1: Uh-huh. <laughs> a buddy of mine's like yeah. you haven't even seen it man like give it a shot and i'm like no you're wrong you're wrong uh no one needs to give it a shot. And luckily, people aren't. This is not gonna get venomized. I don't think anyone's gonna enjoy this movie nor go see it, really. So we probably won't see a Morbius two, which I'm thanking my stars for. Mm. Just just put Spider Man characters in the MCU and let them hang out with Tom Holland and let Kevin Foggie make stuff that's good. Even though Disney's evil, let Kevin Foggy do his stuff. I love him.
0: Kevin Feige can do no wrong. I, mean, I just, he probably can. He probably can, just,
1: right? Like, I, I, you, you're can. talking with a rich white guy. He might be the best of us, but that's yeah. not saying much, you know?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: There are three people that I need you to check up on. Like, check check with me to make sure I'm okay if we find out they're bad people. And that's Greg Miller from Kind of Funny. If you're on the internet, you might know who Greg Miller is. Brendan Lee Mulligan from Dimension 20. And Kevin Feige. If we find out one of those three people are like, you know, a sexual predator or murdering people or, 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 you know, anything just like bad, I want you to just make sure I'm okay.
2: I will fully stop functioning as a human being if Keanu Reeves ever turns out to be a bad oh. human being. Oh, my
1: God. And it'd be so, like, heart-wrenching because you just everything you hear about him, you're like, oh, yeah, that movie sucked or whatever, but, like, he paid for everybody on the crew to exist because the movie made no money. And you're like, oh, why are you so good?
2: Yeah. If he ever turns out to be an asshole or bad or does something wrong, um, I will just cease to be.
1: Yeah, I, we'll have I to do cease. some wellness checks, eh?
2: Yeah.
1: I might have to add that to I the mean, list. I mean, I already
0: had... I already had my childhood here I turn out to be a shit person, so... Yeah, <laughs> like,
1: yeah. It, it happens. It happens. It happened to me a couple times as, like, a writer. Like, uh, uh, Louis C.K. was a big embarrassing one um, for me. Because mm. I was like, oh, hilarious well, you just man, you know?
2: Grammy, didn't you hear? Uh, he
1: yeah, it, very... Like, are you kidding me? So it's like, just I, everything. I, yeah, I, like, are you yeah. fucking serious? Um, and then Max Landis was another one for me, like, as a writer. Like, I looked up to Max Landis a lot. And he also pretty shitty guy, so... Uh, you just find out about it, and like again, you know, artists are people, and people are bad. <laughs> That's just a thing that you people have to accept. People
0: are the worst. We'll stop. People H- are the worst. Uh,
1: mm-hmm. However, that means that you have the choice. You can stop giving them money. This um, <laughs> is a thing that you can do. Power. Uh, 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 she who shall not be named is another one like i still i I, every time i see more stuff about the new game i'm like oh god i could Mm -hmm. i could really go for some good hogwarts content since that movie was so terrible apparently Mm -hmm. but also like gringotts is still a thing so
0: but also apparently it has to do with the goblin rebellion and that's iffy.
1: that's iffy too like that's like the whole point of the new game right um and i don't know maybe if better writers handle it maybe it won't be offensive maybe but do i take that chance i don't know know. the world was made by a problematic (laughs) person by problematic person i mean kind of a piece of shit and that's that's just hard and i i still don't know how to justify any of that stuff so i just don't i just don't justify it i just oh i guess i'm done with that Um, And I also just don't shy away from talking about it. Like, I didn't stop mentioning Louis C.K. as someone I looked up to as a writer. I'm like, no, I did. And then he turns out to be a piece of crap. Um, Mm -hmm. And so, like, I I try to bring that up as much as possible because it's not my fault he was a piece of crap, right?
0: Yeah. Um, And it's not on you to, like, justify you having somebody that you look up to and then having to apologize for their mistakes. Right. Like, it's not you. Like, you didn't know anything about their personal life. You just really loved their art. And now that artist is a piece of, or was out as a piece of shit and you have to deal with that and figure out if that's going to have repercussions on you or your art. You don't know. Exactly, do and with I don't it see however any... You need to deal with it.
1: Yeah, I don't see any merit in me pretending like, oh, I wasn't a big Louis C.K. fan or something, right? Like, <laughs> it's, right. like it, someone could go back and listen to anything I've done in the past and be like, oh, interesting, he studies Max Landis' scripts. I wonder what that means. Like well, It means that I liked his writing, and I thought he was a piece of crap, and now I still like his old writing. I can't go back in time and pretend I didn't. It's like I can't pretend that yeah. I didn't really, really like uh, you know, uh Harry Potter as a universe. <laughs> There's nothing yeah, that I, I can mean, do like about I that I literally
0: I have a Harry Potter tattoo on my arm. Like I can't I can't un um, And can't it's not the Nazi
1: one before you ask. God, I see that all the time. I seen like a Death Eater tattoo the other day and I'm like, Really? That's what you went with? But
0: I mean, it looks hella cool, but I, do they think do they know what that means?
1: So did a lot exactly. of the Nazi stuff. They picked the coolest looking stuff from Norse mythology, and then they make it, you know, <laughs> or or uh, B- Buddhist mythology. I mean, yeah. You know, like like the swastika is straight up a Buddhist symbol for like honesty or something like that. Um, yeah. But it's <laughs> you can it can be appropriated for bad things. And the the Death Eaters, while awesome iconography, are the You know, the wizard Nazis, that's their thing. Uh, So when people get that, I'm like, "Ah, yeah, like, while mudbloods aren't a thing, uh, like, it's still, like, is that really what you want to be repping, you know? It's just
0: the aesthetic, Terry. It
1: is, it's just (laughs) the aesthetic, yeah, I don't, I don't know. What do I know? I used to like Louis C.K. a lot. Um (laughs) (laughs) not exactly a great judge of character it is uh and on that note i think we can wrap it up there uh i don't have anything to plug go buy my comic book growing up can't be killed creations find on comicsology on amazon you can find me at resident stevel on twitter at ITF Pod at Can't Be Killed Creations, and uh, if you want to head over to our website, can'tbekillcreations.com, you check out all of our podcasts over there. You want to support us? Head on over to patreoncom creations Drop a buck or two. Keeps the lights on, keeps the mics going, lets us buy chicken sandwiches. You know, all the important things in life. Charday, um, where can the people find you?
0: I am a co-host of the Slovenly Trolls podcast, so you yeah. can find me there monthly. I also run the Slovenly Trolls Twitter, so follow us there. Um,
2: yeah, that's it.
1: <laughs> Lisa, what about you?
2: I run the Slovenly Trolls uh, Instagram. Uh, I was about to say the whole podcast, but um, oh, is- she
1: runs ah! that shit.
2: Woo! Ah! I run show. that shit. <laughs> 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 i do have a twitter account if you can find me it is secret <laughs> <laughs> even though you've revealed it on every other episode be for this
0: one i'm yeah, pretty
1: sure on this episode like, it's, uh, secret. It, this episode, it's <laughs> secret it's the secret one um you can find our tiktok and uh tell us that you found it um <laughs> i'm not going to tell you what it is or plug it there's one video of it and i think it's a comic strip i did um in 2015 i think right around there so if you find that have fun if we find there's no other content on there for today. yeah yeah that's if you find that you need to take a break you know go for a walk touch some grass
0: touch some grass
1: alright <laughs> you know. right, this has been the cave trolls and we're out Now comes that special time of the show where we thank our Patreon producers. This month we have Chantrell Every. Thank you so much, Chantrell. You keep the lights on, the mics going, and really just give us the energy and the funds to keep doing this every single day. So I just want to say again, thank you, Chantrell, for everything you do and all of your support. And if you want to become a Patreon producer like Chantrell, you can head on over to patreon.com slash Creations and join at the Patreon producer level. That's the $10 level or above. And you can get shoutouts like Chantrell. But no one else did. So there can be only one. You are the Highlander. Chantrell. thank you.